Next Step Number 726, 5 de mayo de 2022. Hi there, this is Susie from In His Shoes Ministries. Thanks for tuning into the next step with Father Vodskan. We are the voice of Armadoxy, a weekly podcast started in 2008 that looks at life through the lens of Armenian Orthodoxy. If you're joining us for the first time, we're so glad you're here. And if you're a regular listener, welcome back. In these weekly episodes, you will find that Father Vosgan's messages are timely, thought-provoking, and based on the solid principles of Christ's love, faith, and hope. Now, let's get ready to take the next step. So tell me, what intrigued you the most? Was it the title, Bubbles? Or is it because the date on today's episode is the 5th of May or Cinco de Mayo? Yes, Cinco de Mayo! Oh, Celebration City! Not to be confused with Mexican Independence Day, Cinco de Mayo commemorates or celebrates a victory that the Mexicans had over the Second French Empire, the Battle of Puebla in 1862. Yes, you know I'm reading this. Because here in the in Southern California, this is like a big celebration, but it's a celebration that is turned into one of those, another opportunity to go and try the delicious margaritas with the chips and dip and the salsa. Yeah, they've commercialized it. But, you know, for a generation that likes to party and have fun, it's kind of one more opportunity. But I'm using it as a different opportunity, too, because did you see the name on today's show? It's called The Bubbles. And those of you who are old-timers, yes, you know who you are. <laughs> those of you who remember the next step from years ago, we used to have a feature Every week, we used to have this incredible feature called Bubbles by Ani, or Ani Bubbles. And it was just a, a very special story that would take you away like bubbles, you know, like when you blow bubbles, how they go out and, you know, you just like, look, where are they going? And it takes your imagination somewhere else. Well, Ani Bubbles were, was exactly that. These were like little stories to take you somewhere else. So she used to have this feature, and today, Cinco de Mayo, and this particular one, this year, is a milestone for her. And because I'm not into exposing ages that are not mine, I'll tell you my age, but nobody else's, right? But what I will say is that I am so proud of who she is, who she's become. And so today... On this Cinco de Mayo, which happens to also be a birthday for her. I'm dedicating this show. I'm calling it Bubbles. And I'm even going to feature Samani Bubbles coming up in a in a little bit. And uh, to share with you an, a nice memory and also make a wish for this beautiful, beautiful lady. Um, and like we always do, connect all the dots with the theme of what we're talking about today. So that at the end of it, you will say, wow. This is a Bubbles episode. So with that, welcome everybody, Cinco de Mayo, to the episode called Bubbles. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share with you a few things. One of them is going to be a little meditation exercise. 
And this one is going to record, it's a two-parter, okay? You're going to get uh, the sound from me, of course, as you always do. But I'm going to ask if you can, if you can, and hopefully you can, uh, somehow work it out. Maybe need to put it on pause where you're at, because <laughs> I, I know that people take our podcast in all different places. And this is going to be one of those things that I'm going to ask you to have a screen in front of you. And preferably, if you could pull this up on your computer screen, you'll you'll see why, as opposed to, say, on your phone screen. So you might want to think about, like, getting things ready for this part coming up in a few minutes, okay? Where I'm going to ask you to look at the screen. But before we, we go there, let me give you a little bit of background of what's going on right now. So... Uh, the church, of course, organizationally has its meetings, its annual meeting, and we are right in the middle. Actually, today, Thursday evening, is uh, we just finished day one of the annual meeting, and tomorrow's day two. And this takes place here in North America and at the two dioceses, as the Western and the Eastern Diocese. The Eastern Diocese, I believe, begins tomorrow, and it's going to be a, a, a very... Um, special one on the east coast they are having election for primate as weird as that might sound to people that but it, that's the way the bylaws of the church are written and we wish his grace bishop daniel Findikian, the primate of the eastern diocese all the best you know he's just completed the first term of his of his primacy um four years two of which were overwhelming because of the COVID situation, overwhelming because how do you function in that situation normally? Very, very difficult times. And so we wish him the best, and I'm looking forward to some great news tomorrow as the elections take place. And I know it's kind of weird talking about elections for a primate, but like I said, that is the way bylaws are written. And one day we'll talk about all of that. But for right now, I want to share with you something that he has put together. It is called, It's it's been like the cornerstone of his primacy, building the body of Christ. And it comes from scripture, comes from St. Paul. And he has just put together a very short little booklet. Uh, it's really a, a very elaborate essay, beautiful essay, on where the Armenian church is and where it should be. And I, I'm going to recommend it highly that you that you read it. Take some time. Take some time. I think if I'm not mistaken, it's 30 pages. Easy reading. It's something that you could sit down, you should do in an evening at one sitting. And in fact, I'm going to even ask you to do it with family around you. Do it with people who care about the church. Building the Body of Christ. I'm going to have a link on today's show notes. All you need to do is go there and download the PDF or just view it on your screen, on your phone. And like I said, read it through. Really, here's somebody who's who's thinking about where the church is, but he's also sharing a vision, a vision of if we want to have hope, if we want to believe in tomorrow, this is the direction that we have to go. So wishing him all the best, and our prayers are with him. And for all of you listening, I'm going to ask that you that you please, please read Building the Body of Christ. Meanwhile, here in the West Coast, we are also having our annual assembly. Now, we had the first portion today, which was the Lady Society and our clergy 
Um, and, you know, it happens to be that I'm getting up in the years. So it's kind of interesting to to listen to some of the younger clergy, the aspirations that they have and what they're talking about, what their concerns are. And so for me, it's kind of like, you know, in Hinduism, they have this thing where you go through different stages of your life and towards the end of your life, or let's say as you're a senior in your life, you also start being more uh, contemplative and you also start teaching your your life is something that needs to be shared with others today was kind of like interesting because i was thinking about that as as my age is grow, going up as i think everybody uses right that's an odd statement i meant that as my age is now past where i'm in a um, in a in a point where I'm able to be more reflective. I see that people coming up. I see people coming and asking for questions. I see people asking for answers, excuse me. And it's kind of interesting just to see that that change taking place in my own life. So here at the Western Diocese, um, tomorrow morning is the Delegates Convention. And I'm going to be giving the meditation tomorrow. And that's what I'm going to share with you today. Um, and you know what? I think because of the time, what we're going to do is I'm going to share with you um, the Ani Bubble that I talked about earlier. Then we'll do the song of the day. And then right afterwards, we will go into this experiment with the screen. So I'm basically giving you now about 10 minutes, okay, to get yourself situated where you've got a screen where you could watch, look at this picture, and I'm going to be talking about it, okay? So we'll do that right after the song of the day. Right now, as I promised, somebody who is beautiful inside and outside, and just somebody I'm very, very proud of. She happens to be my niece, happens to be her birthday on Cinco de Mayo, and I want to wish her all the best. She was a very instrumental part of the early years of The Next Step, doing a regular feature called Ani Bubbles. And you know what? It's just like when you blow those little soap bubbles, they take your imagination, like, where are those bubbles going? So too, she would present a small little story an inspirational story, something to make your mind go off like those bubbles and just think, contemplate. So we, we went through the massive uh, collection and archives here at Epostle at In Issues. We dug up a gem. This is one, one of my favorites, actually. It's a father and son talking about wealth and poverty. So without any further ado... An encore presentation of Ani Bubbles. One day, a father of a very wealthy family took his son on a trip to the country with the firm purpose of showing his son how poor people live. They spent a couple of days and nights on a farm of what would be considered a very poor family. On their return from their trip, the father asked his son, How was the trip? It was great, Dad. Did you see how poor people live? The father asked. Oh yeah, said the son. So tell me, what did you learn from the trip? Asked the father. The son answered, I saw that we have one dog and they had four. We have a pool that reaches to the middle of our garden and they have a creek that has no end. We have imported lanterns in our garden and they have stars at night. Our patio reaches to the front yard 
and they have the whole horizon. We have a small piece of land to live on, and they have fields that go beyond our sight. We have servants who serve us, but they serve others. We buy our food, but they grow theirs. We have walls around our property to protect us, and they have friends to protect them. The boy's father was speechless. Then his son added, Thanks, Dad, for showing me how poor we are. This has been your spiritual bubble. May it float on the wind to heaven. Nice one, right? Did you enjoy that? Well, that's what it was. That's what Ani Bubbles were. Uh, she would come on once a week and just share with us a cute little story that she would pick out. Sometimes she'd write her own. Sometimes she'd read from uh, from inspirational writings. Important thing was she shared it and gave everybody something to look forward to. So it is beautiful that we have these archives and that we shared it. More importantly, I want to wish her all the best as she celebrates this milestone and wish her all the best of health and happiness with her beautiful family. God bless. Okay, we take a break every week and play a song of the week. A song that kind of like gives you a chance to digest. In this case, it'll give you a chance to enjoy a little bit of good music and also prepare yourselves for what is about to come. As I said with you, you know, get your big screen ready. I'm picking out Zulal today because it's been a while since I've heard them. Also, it's one of those mood days for Zulal and I'll explain afterwards. This is called Jojan and it is off of their Seven Springs album. Enjoy. Oh, yeah. 
That is The Clarity of Zulal, and that is off of the Seven Springs album, a song called Georgia, and I hope you enjoyed it. I just love this group. You know, it's been a while since I've heard them. I've been to so many of their concerts and have all their uh, CDs and just love the, the purity of what you're hearing, and that's what, of course, Zulal is all about. Anyway, I will have a link on today's show notes so you could check out all of their great music. And as I always say, you know, let's support these these people that give us so much beauty in our lives. And now, back to the show. Well, as I was sharing with you earlier, this happens to be the annual, well, the annual meeting time where we get together here in both North American dioceses. Um, I don't know when Canada gets together for their, for their assembly, but I know here in the Western Diocese as well as in the Eastern Diocese, this weekend happens to be the weekend for the annual convention or assembly where delegates from the churches get together and where they hash over, they talk about, they present reports about what the past year has been all about. And if you're lucky, they'll start looking in forward-reaching directions. And one of one such thing was what I shared with you, that, uh, that booklet. It'll be on today's show notes, Building the Body of Christ. Here in the Western Diocese, I'm very, very honored and fortunate that um, the primate here, Archbishop Hovnan, is just so supportive of, of the ministry, the expansion of ministry that brings people to God. And uh, he's asked me to share a reflection tomorrow morning. And listen to this. You're the first ones to get to hear it. <laughs> Actually, if, if all goes right, this this uh, podcast will be probably be streaming right about the same time when I'm going to be live at the, at the convention talking. So technically, if you're fast enough and you're able to download this early enough, you'll be able to hear it a few minutes earlier. But I'm planning it in such a way, and we've got Susie who's out on the East Coast tonight producing this uh, remotely. So if everything goes right tonight, you should be able to hear this right about the same time that, um, that I go live with this. So this is the meditation and all of our assemblies begin with a with a spiritual meditation, and I'm honored that he asked me to uh, to uh, present this. It happens to be the 95th anniversary of the Western Diocese, so do the calculation. 1927 was when the Western Diocese was set up as a separate diocese from the Eastern Diocese, and it's it it only means that. There were so many Armenians looking for churches, and the geography of the United States was such that they needed to move the diocese 
headquarters to a place that could accommodate the churches it was that were working under it. And so California, the hotbed, actually the first headquarters was in the Fresno area, Central Valley area, and used to be called the Western Diocese used to be called the Diocese of California. Then, of course, subsequently with the addition of parishes such as Las Vegas, Phoenix, and uh, Seattle, and now with Mexico, it became the Western Diocese, the Western United States. So that's the technical portion of it. But you're not on board for technical. You want some spiritual stuff. Well, I hope I can share this with you. So what happened is there is a beautiful picture that was found from 1927. And it is a huge picture. It's about six, seven feet uh, long. Okay. Um, It is of a picnic that takes place in 1927 at the Holy Cross Armenian Church. It happens to be right at the same time where our diocese was established. And I want to share with you a reflection about that picture. It's a photograph. It's a photograph and um, it's really an artwork right now. It's something that as I look at, like I, when I first saw it, I realized I couldn't escape it. I needed to do something. I asked His Eminence Archbishop Hovnan if I could write something. And that's when he asked me, he says, more than writing, come and give this presentation. So with that, I'm going to give you this presentation. What I need you to do is go on the show notes and pick out the 1927 uh, picnic, Holy Cross picnic. Okay, there's a link there. And if you open it up, you will see the picture I'm talking about. And the wider your screen is, the better you can see it. Okay, I'm going to ask you that you look at this picture as I share with you this meditation. Let's begin with the story of the resurrection. We are in Easter time right now. And of course, we greet one another. Christos Ariavi Merilots. Christ is risen. From the Gospel of St. Matthew chapter 28. Now after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. And the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen. As he said, Come see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And indeed, he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So they went quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples' word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, Rejoice! So they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee, 
and there they will see me. You know, for several weeks now, I've been sharing with you the idea of the awesome and the awe and shock of resurrection. No one comes back to life from the dead. No one comes back to life, especially after being beaten and tortured the way Jesus was. And if we were there at the graveside, at the empty tomb, we certainly wouldn't be saying, Christos Christ is risen. We would be in shock, in terror, and in awe that somebody who is dead, we put him into the casket, we put him into the grave, and now he's come back to life. That is beyond belief. We would be in shock and certainly in awe, jaws dropping, and all the visual that goes with it. Take a look at the picture that is on your screen. Recently, Mr. Derek Wogosian, the Diocesan Council Chairman, found a picture that was taken in 1927. At the bottom of the print, in Armenian handwritten script, the descriptor reads, Tashtahantes Los Angelesi Hai Arakelagan Surpchach Yegeretsvo. That is the picnic of the Los Angeles Armenian Apostolic Holy Cross Church. He had the photograph reproduced on canvas and as an art piece, and Mr. Wogosian presented it to our primate, Archbishop Ovnan, to be a permanent addition to the historical archives celebrating the growth of the Western Diocese. I first encountered this picture in Archbishop Hovnan's office. The picture is overwhelming in its size and inviting in its historical significance and its silent message. As I look closely at the faces and the stance of the people in the photograph, emotion stirred in me. In the snap of a camera shutter, a message was sent through 95 years of time to us, the children and the descendants of the founders of the Armenian Church's Western Diocese. You see, in 1927, that was the year that our diocese was established. And this small glimpse of the past reveals the faces of the generation that laid the foundation for what we enjoy today as the largest diocese outside of Yerevan. Of course, it didn't escape me that the date of the picture is the 4th of July, 1927. And here is where the story of the picnic unfolds. On that Monday afternoon in 1927, this group of immigrants assembled under the banner of their church with their parish priest, Father Adam Melikian, seated in the center, took this picture. They celebrated Independence Day in their newly adopted country, the United States of America. Father Adam was ordained here in Los Angeles in 1917. That's 10 years before this picture and before there was even a church. He was ordained at the Methodist Episcopal Church by the Venerable Bishop Popkin Yulisarian, who later became a Catholicos of our church. I looked at the faces in this picture, one by one, wondering if I'd spot an ancestor of someone I knew. But the bigger surprise for me is what I didn't find. 
Hope and resilience are the two messages that come across through the corridors of time because where there is hope, there is no fear. And that is what's missing from this picture. That fear, that helplessness, the tragic feeling of defeat is what is missing from this picture. Here we find a group of people displaced from their historic homeland, having found refuge on the other side of the planet in a city of the angels, Los Angeles, exactly 12 time zones from where they began. They had survived the evilest, most heinous crimes in modern history, the Armenian Genocide, which had officially ended in 1923. Not even a half of a decade later, They had gathered at a park with their parish priest, seated amongst them in what William Saroyan would later write, go ahead, destroy Armenia. See if you can do it. Send them into the desert without bread or water. Burn their homes and churches. Then see if they will not laugh, sing, and pray again. 1927. This group assembled in a gesture of joy for life. We have been warned not to judge a book by its cover, but I can't help do exactly that. Outward experiences speak volumes about this generation. Here is a glance through a time machine of sorts. We're looking at the generation of the genocide, the survivors. These are the survivors They watched their parents tortured, executed, and die. Or, if they were lucky, their parents were sent off, marched through the desert, and perhaps people considered themselves lucky to have marched with their parents through starvation, malaria, through dysentery, and somehow found a means of escaping unspeakable assaults on their body, basically overcoming the odds and surviving crucifixion. And now look, look at what you don't see in this picture. You don't see long faces, nor gloomy expressions of hopelessness. Their wounds were certainly still open, not even scabbed. Yet there is not a hint of discomfort in their expressions. Each face in the picture is a portrait of dignity, of strength, and of faith. There are no tattered clothes, nor any connection to the physical atrocities they endured only a few years back. The picture begs the question, would these survivors of genocide recognize, or at the very least understand, their grandchildren or great-grandchildren who now assemble in city streets for their annual April 24th protest with flags draped around their bodies and cars? Would they understand the elaborate luxury of second homes, designer jewelry, or foreign cars with house-sized mortgages? Would they understand that those grandchildren and great-grandchildren who are lost in materialism are proclaiming inequality and injustice. We look at the picture today and we recognize our ancestors. But the big question is, would they recognize us? 
This was the generation that survived the genocide. This was the generation that I refer to as the God generation. If we believe that God took nothing and created something, this was the generation that had done exactly that. They had their homes, families, and lives destroyed. They had nothing, and they created something, namely the life that we live as Armenians here in America. This was the generation that saw evil face to face and didn't give up. They created where there was nothing. They hoped where there was none. They had faith, even when there was no reason to have faith. In 1927, it was this generation that laid the cornerstone to the Western Diocese. Armenians were finding refuge here in America. They were basking in the comforts and reality that they were, for the first time in nearly a millennium, far and protected from barbarism and massacres. After all, they understood they had landed in the City of Angels, Los Angeles, and they were thankful that their guardian angels were watching over them. Realizing that everything was gone, they wanted to set up their new home. And they constructed the Armenian church as the centerpiece of that home. It was in this church that they connected with Horut Horin, the mystery that was great and had guided them to these shores. It was in this church that they began stitching the tattered pieces of their lives back together. They played together, discussed, strategized together, learned the language, cooked their food, worked, sewed, and traded responsibilities of children rearing with one another. The church was not their second home. It was their primary and therefore their priority home because herein they would not despair. The church had preached and lived the message of Jesus Christ. And in 1927, the church was, in fact, the resurrected Lord. These people, with their lives and their children, were Christos Hariav Imerelots. They were the living examples of resurrection. The beautiful quote attributed to William Soroyan by now is known not to be a verbatim expression of the author, but the sentiment expressed is never in question. Resilience in the mystical faith of the Armenian people that ensures their continuity despite the hardships. I love the flow of those unbridled words coming from Saroyan. They captured the truth of our people. But with all due respect to the Pulitzer Prize-winning novelist, I note an omission in his words, that is discovered in this this picnic photo. Soroyan defies the odds by challenging the world to try to destroy Armenia, only to find them redefining themselves as a new Armenia. In his excitement to express this phenomenon, he's omitted the place, the place where Armenians will find, will meet, to laugh, sing, and pray again. After the 1915 genocide with the nation in ruins, the church was the only place where we could live the resurrected reality, where the Vanetsi could meet up with the Kharpertsi, where the Erzurumtsi 
could find the Sasun Sea, or the Tomarzat Sea could sit with the Palutsi to rediscover and redesign themselves. America was moving out west and Armenians aimed at the horizon to reach for the vast spans to the sunset. The Californian diocese was established that year with five active parishes, four of them in the fertile California Central Valley and one in Southern California. Holy Trinity in Fresno, St. Gregory in Fowler, St. Mary in Yetem, Holy Cross in Los Angeles, and St. Sahag Mesrob in Reedley. It was fitting that the Los Angeles parish chose to consecrate their church in the name of the symbol of their suffering and now victory, Holy Cross. It was located in downtown Los Angeles and served the needs of the community for a few decades until the ugly head of politics raised itself, causing two parishes, namely Holy Trinity and Holy Cross, to split from diocesan and therefore Holy Etchmiadzin's jurisdiction. St. James, Los Angeles, became the successor of Holy Cross. The generation from 1927, this God generation, the one who built up life from nothingness, are calling out, calling us to find the place where we all come together. The Armenian church is old and new. It is tough and resilient. It is strong, yet tender, to care for its children. The 4th of July picnic of 1927 is an invitation for all of us to gaze into those faces that are looking back at us through time. There we will see no blank expressions. Rather, each and every one of them express hope and faith while demonstrating dignity, strength, and victory against the odds. In other words, the faces are that of the church. The one established by Jesus Christ himself as a place where the miracle of God is an everyday reality. My speech, my meditation tomorrow will go a little bit longer because I make some challenges to the delegates that are there. But for our case, this was this is the meditation that I wrote on that picture. And I hope you, you were able to look at that picture while I was reciting this. Um, it's a very emotional experience for me, having grandparents who were genocide survivors. In many senses, I looked at that picture and saw my my grandparents. I saw my my parents. I, it's a very emotional, emotional picture that draws you in, and I hope you were able to look at it and put it all together. Along the same lines of this, this Sunday I'm going to be uh, celebrating the Divine Liturgy at the Cathedral in Burbank. And um, for my sermon, I'll be talking about Mother's Day, of course. It happens to be Mother's Day. But tying it in with that mother who cares about us so much so that she waits for us, that she's ready there to help us. And, of course, that's our mother church. So the tie-in there is um, is fortified with our need to be connected to the church.
Before getting back to the next step with Father Vazgen, I'd like to take this opportunity to remind you that this ministry is supported through the heartfelt donations of listeners like you. Thanks for keeping us in your prayers and partnering with this expanding and dynamic outreach. The next step is entering homes and communities with a solid message proclaiming God's message of love, forgiveness, and compassion. We look forward to your comments and words of encouragement. Please consider partnering in this dynamic ministry by making a contribution. By pressing on the donate button on our website, you can set up automatic donations, either weekly, monthly, or annually. Your donation goes a long way in furthering this ministry. Even more, tell your friends and family by sharing the Next Step link or website with them. We're on iTunes and Blueberry as well as Facebook and Twitter. We are excited about this ministry and invite you to share in our enthusiasm. This is Susie wishing you all of God's blessings in your life. We now return to the next step with Father Vosgen. Well, thank you for all of your love and your support, and thank you, Susie, for that announcement. You know, um, our ministry is expanding and it's growing, and I can't thank you enough for the prayers that you send our way. And I, I, I want to thank you for those beautiful notes that you send. Those that encouragement is what keeps us going. And of course, uh, the little push from God from up above. I'm very, very thankful and honored that you're part of this ministry. Let's see, this Sunday, I think I said, I'm going to be at the cathedral to celebrate the Divine Liturgy. Happens to be Mother's Day. I want to wish you all a very happy Mother's Day. Those of you who are uh, mothers, those of you who are not, who mother in different ways, who have taken care of people, who take care of communities, your people, there's many, many ways that motherhood is expressed. I want to celebrate all of that as well. Now, confession time. I told you I'd tie it all together, and I'm going to confess. One of my favorite things in life here on earth is to make soap bubbles, is to pick up a little bottle of bubbles and to blow them, because I just love the different textures, the different little rainbow colors that come out in there. But most of all, I love what it does, the smile it brings to people's faces, Young or old, yes, try it. If you if you don't know what I'm talking about, try it. Go get a bottle of bubbles and go out there and blow some bubbles. People smile. It makes everything very light. And in the midst of all of the difficulties that we are facing today, I wanted to celebrate today some good people, and especially Ani Bubbles. I want to celebrate life. I want to celebrate the opportunity of looking at that life from the past 1927 picture, for instance, and seeing ourselves and our response to that life. That's what this bubble is all about. In a way, we tried to put it all together. I hope you enjoyed today's show as much as I enjoyed producing it for you. On behalf of our wonderful producer, Susie, and myself, this is Father Voskin, inviting you to join us again next week when we will take the next step. Now here's the fine print.
The information and comments presented within this podcast and our website do not necessarily represent the views of the Armenian Church hierarchy, but are presented as a challenge to define the dynamics of Armenian Orthodoxy in all aspects of life. Listening to these shows is habit-forming. Addictive behavior associated with the next step is rarely, if ever, remedied. Rather, the next step is known to relieve and cure common cases of narrow-mindedness, prejudice, numbskullness, and glaucoma in patients over the age of 20. Results may vary depending on credit rating. Findings are based on double-blind studies conducted in Istanbul and Jerusalem. Side effects include mind expansion, clarity of focus, higher rates of heart palpitations, sensitivity to the pain of others, and occasional nausea. Demandment and production crew of epostle.net take full responsibility for changes you will experience. Not valid with any other offer. epostle.net. Apostolic evangelism for an electronic and expanding universe. I forgot to ask you if uh, you, you're seeing the same sky as we are. Do you have any 